To support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Once again, positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Thank you and enjoy the program. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by PB and Joey. Simple, honest, and delicious. Go to pbandjoey.com for more information. $35 or more gets you free shipping. $35 or more gets you free shipping. That's pbandjoey.com for more information. pbandjoey.com. Hey, everyone. Here's a great way to support this website and make money for yourself. This is Robinhood, the app that makes investing easier and offers more ways to make your money work harder. Their goal? Investing in financial markets more affordable, more intuitive, and more fun, no matter how much experience you have or don't have. Keep a broker in your back pocket. Everything you need to manage your assets and all available in a single app. Set up customized news and notifications to stay on top of your assets as casually or as relentlessly as you like. Controlling the flow of info is up to you. Have access to stocks, funds, options, cash management, and cryptocurrency. Make unlimited commission-free trades in stocks, funds, and options with Robinhood Financial. The same goes for buying and selling cryptocurrencies with Robinhood Crypto and zero commission fees. Also introducing cash management. Invest, spend, and earn 2.05 APY all through your brokerage account. Secure, secure a spot on the waitlist and reserve your card. Here's what I want you to do. Go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate and when you click on the referral banner and securely sign up either using your Android, Apple device, or desktop, you get a share of stock value between $3 and $150 after funding your account. That's all you got to do. You get a free stock. I get a free stock. We all win. Trading terms and conditions still apply. See Robinhood.com for more information. Once again, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate, click on the Robinhood referral banner, and claim your free stock. Robinhood, it's time to do money. Jay here, PositiveSarcasm.com, looking fine as always. Streaming live from the Spare Part Studio, re- reviewing the crazy amount of calories that are in a Twix Mini. Uh, since it w- uh, we just got past, uh, what is it, Halloween? Halloween? Yeah, Halloween. I was just like, whole, I just thought to myself, how much, not just how much sugar, but how many calories? Sodium's no big deal to me. I pound sodium, but just, just I just grabbed like a random what you'd expect if you were like a six-year-old and you had a bag full of candy and like a Twix. I think a Twix would probably be the most like one of the most likely you'd find in there. Like, a, you know, something with the overall same amount of like calories and carbs and shit. So if you had one Twix mini, you would have around 150 calories, which is, you know, whatevs. Uh, sodium, I don't care about. Fat, saturated fat's pretty good. Saturated fat's good. 20 grams of carbs and then 15 grams of sugar. So if you times the caloric intake by, what is it? What did I do? 10? So say you had 10 of those things, which people normally do. They're little tiny Twix minis. They're about the same size as my thumb. It would be about 1,500 calories. And if you had, let's see, 10 of those things, you'd have 200 grams of carbs. And then you'd have, let's see, you had 15 grams of sugar times that by 10. So you basically have two two uh, rainbow lattes from Starbucks, basically. Um, and that's without eating anything else throughout the day. If you really just ate that, that's 1,500 calories, which is still technically, for somebody like me, a caloric deficit, but that's a shitty way to do your macros. Well, I ate 10 Twix today. 
So, yeah, we are streaming live from the Spare Parts Studio. Shout out to episode 94 of this podcast coming up on week 100, I think sometime early next year. I think by the time the snow falls up here in uh, small town northeast, I think we will be uh, celebrating week 100. Or at least I will. But, you know, my, uh, yeah. So, I uh, want to welcome everybody to the podcast. I got a bunch of weird shit going on today. I did want to talk about, because Halloween just happened, so that's like the first big holiday uh, of the fall. And even though I got to I got to leave names out of it, but it's a weird story. So we talked about for, as far as like Halloween goes, we talked about um, candies, which ones if you didn't want to be like known as the douchebag on the corner who gave out the gave out the crappy candy. Well, how many candies do you give out? That's another one, too. You can go across the can go across the street. They'll give you two. And then you go across the street to me and I'll only give you one. Well, I would have given you better candy. Actually, I did give you pretty good candy, to be honest with you. Your kids did okay. Um, but ours got delayed. Our trick-or-treating got delayed to, like, the 3rd of November. So you've got, you know, 500 to 1,000 little shits running around from 2 to 4 p.m. in the afternoon. Okay. I'm in the middle of, you know cleaning out cars and doing some project work and next thing you know they just like descend upon you but i got a cool setup because i'm playing music i got a big witch's brew type bucket out there loaded with candy and this time i didn't run out though at least this year i didn't run out and i had a backup candy just in case shit hit the fan you always gotta have a backup candy because you never know how many kids are going to descend upon your street so i had this year i i had i had smarties as a backup Smarties is a pretty good backup, and I don't put the bowl out there for the kids to grab because uh, I don't want them fighting over it like Lord of the Flies. I want a little bit of order, and I don't want kids, I want them to come up the steps to me. I want them to make a little effort. I want them to have do a couple stairs, a little cardio to get to the golden prize. Uh, in this case, I decided this year because it was November 3rd, and all the candy all over town was pretty much cleaned out. All right, because if you were going to go after it hard on November 3rd and all the places were pretty much out of candy, you were going to be dropping like a fucking C note just to get, you know, Kit Kat bars. So, oh, Jesus Christ. And my live stream already dropped. This is some bullshit right here. It's hard being a pimp. So, hold on. I'm going to press pause real quick. Okay. We're back. Sorry about that. Had a I had a Facebook live streams crash, and I had to deal with that, which threw me completely off. So we were talking about candy and stuff like that uh, from Halloween, which actually went pretty well and pretty weird for me. So let's just start with the basics. All right. So obviously, as I stated earlier, we were out of can- um Last year, I ran out of candy. This year, because we were all all the candy was already pre-purchased and then they postponed Halloween, so it went into November third. I had to go out and get different candy, but. I had to, I basically went with a candy I knew nobody could say no to and lollipops, but not just any lollipops, but blow pops. Cause if you get blow pops, that basically means you're getting two candies in one. You're getting a big ass lollipop and you're getting chewing gum afterwards. So you're not really getting cheated out of a long-term happiness, even though the, the gum in there is pretty much good for about five or 10 minutes. And then it's like, Bleh. but you still get that extra five to 10 minutes of chewing on something. So I guess it's a great way to restrict your caloric intake when you're going to indulge yourself on Halloween. But for the most part, it went really well. And then also, luckily, I found my fave, Twizzler Singles. So the kids who are a little bit younger, who probably wouldn't be good with the gum and stuff, got them the Twizzler Singles. I had the Smarties and the backups. 
And of course, they had Dum Dum Pops because those things are the shit. And they come in all different types of flavors and they're easy go-tos. And when kids come to me, I I'm, get, take their bag and I put the stuff in the bag. So it's like I control the environment. Everything's orderly. Everybody gets candy. And then I had, just as a reserve, I had a few extra really large, extra large Kit Kat bars and extra large Twix bars. If I, if I saw like a really, really good costume and I saw one little adorable girl who was all by herself and stuff like that and I gave her this giant ass Twix bar and her fucking eyes rolled into the back of her head. And so that was cool. And then I gave the rest, I gave, I had a whole bucket full. I had like a thousand pieces of candy. So I was good from the beginning to the very, very end, plus stragglers. So once that was done, I had to go take care of some awesome auto work per se. And I, since I, everything is right near me, I can essentially walk. There's a reason I'm actually in really good shape is because I can just, I, my, my gym is near me. I can walk pretty much anywhere and do anything. Plus, I'm just not fucking lazy. So I went ahead and uh, strolled over to where I needed to do. I had to drop off a car, and I decided to walk back. Uh, and let's see. And I have it all in my notes, but I'm just trying to recollect how weird it, it kind of got that evening. So I was walking back. I had to kind of, well, I had to do some things that, Mm, we'll see. I had to use some plates on my car to get the other car down there without causing any issues. Okay. Not really legal, but I don't really care. I wanted to get the car across the street. So I did that. So I was walking back and I was walking up the street and out of the blue, I, there's a bunch of people outside just kind of chilling out, hanging and they go, Hey little boy, want some candy? And I'm like, is that directed towards me? And I'm like, Hmm. And it was, there's just a bunch of people hanging out in a driveway, burning some firewood. And I'm like, well, if they got, if they, you know, I could go for a Snickers Crunch, and Snickers Crunch, like I do, I do rave about Snickers, but a Snickers Crunch is like the best of both worlds. You get that Crunch Bar on top of the Snickers Bar. That is, that's such a, that is such an assassin when it comes to candy bars. Uh, that that one should be illegal. So I went over there and I just started hanging out with them. They showed me all this stuff. Then they're like, "Hey, you want a beer?" I'm like, "I don't really drink beer." But I'm like, hmm, is this the, the thing is, though, when somebody offers you a beer and they're complete strangers, as long as the cap is on it and it doesn't like, it seem like it's been roofied or modified in any way, it's like, OK. Uh, so they gave me a Yangling, a Yangling beer, something like that. Uh, I don't know much about it. I just know it's really old. So I'm like, OK, so I'll have a beer. I don't really drink. That's the thing. I don't really drink beer. I don't really drink it much in general uh, just for health reasons overall. And plus, it's just. To me, I don't like to spend money on that. I have other, I'd rather spend money on projects, which I'm definitely spending money on. That's for damn sure, especially lately. I'll get more on that, get to more of that later. So I'm there cracking out, you know, cracking wise, having a, uh, having a drink and a couple pieces of candy and stuff like that. And uh, apparently they had stopped by my place to, to do trick or treating. And I, so I came back. I'm like, let me go run to my house. I literally could. I ran to my house like two streets over. And grabbed my car and came back with this giant bucket of leftover candy and just they just dumped whatever they could into their bowl and then I had to deal with because I didn't want to keep all that fucking candy in my house you know God knows what I'll do with it so I gave them the rest of it and then some other people showed up this one guy showed up with his his girlfriend and you know she seemed really nice and he seemed pretty nice and she was oddly enough she was six years older than him 
I don't see that very often. Uh, he was like a mix between Michael Phelps and one of those characters from Doug. He kind of had that look going for him. And she looked like one of my exes, only blonde and minus two kids. And like life didn't beat up her face as much. So from there, uh, he was going to go out. And I'm like, all right, well, he was going to get an Uber and she was going to bed because she was drunk. And I'm like, okay, fine. The, the typical front of the house, you know, Halloween burning firewood party. You know those, the typical. And so I'm like, all right. I'm like, one, I'm like, well, my car's here and I got to go across the street to drop something off. So, because I had, to, I forgot to drop a key off to a car. So I'm like, how about I go get gas and I'll drive you to the bar because that's where he wants to go. So he literally cancels the freaking Uber as the Uber's fucking pulling up to the house. He's like, I don't care. He's one of those types. So I'm like, okay. So we go over. I drop the thing off. He's like, I'll, 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 you know, pump your gas. I'm like, okay. He, f- I was gonna grab like ten bucks. He fills the thing up with freaking high test. That's like forty something, forty fifty bucks. He's like, so I'm like, okay. I'm like, all right, well, cool. So I drop him off. He's like, all right. I'm like, he's like, just one drink all night. He's beating verbally beating me up. He wants me to have one drink at the bar. I'm like, well, since you dropped like fifty bucks on my car, I guess you can buy me a drink. So. <laughs> I rolled down there. Uh, he's raving about the music in my car. And we get in there. And this is where things got really weird. Because I don't normally go out to bars all that much. I think lately, especially since I've been working on you know my finances and supporting the website and supporting other projects and getting ready for the winter time uh, and just dealing with life in general, that I don't go out that much. So I almost... I used to have this saying of uh, something my father taught me. Uh, when you walk into a building, act like you own it. But nowadays, I probably get out, give off that vibe that uh, I don't go out in public at all. I'm just very, uh, okay, I guess I'm here. So try not to get in anybody's way. So I'm there, and everybody's already popped off. It's Sunday night, so the, the game is on and stuff. So I see the waitress. Waitress coming over and... Everybody in everybody's getting their drink on and she's handing out drinks, but I don't think she's sober. She's either pilled up or drunk. You just can tell that she was definitely not on the ninety-eight point six. And in the meantime, the guy I dropped off at the apartment, uh, I dropped off at the bar. Uh, he was already getting angry texts from his girlfriend because I guess she was going to bed and he just basically didn't tell her he was going out to drink, so he was dealing with that. And I didn't want to read the text messages. He shoved the the phone in my face. I'm like, I, and, and I once I realized what I was I was reading, I stopped and I'm like, I don't need to read this. I'm not involved in your relationship, okay? I'm not I'm not the third wheel here. I don't want to be involved. So yeah, but we're we're looking at the waitress, and this is when it gets like I talked about the girl, the cashier girl at the grocery store who who said that she hated it there and just blurted out to me a person she's never before in my met before in her life. And now I'm about to have another one of those weird restaurant retail moments where the the employee has a moment in front of me. So she comes up to us and she lo- she just looks upset for some reason. And she says, is there anything that, you know, I can get you guys? But it she seems so distraught. I just said to her straight out, I go, is there anything that we can do for you? And that was when the levy broke like i would like 
all the all of her feelings were being all of her feelings were being held together by the fact that nobody was talking to her outside of hey can i get a beer or can i get some potato skins it was me merely asking the question is there anything that we can do for you and then the face just fell just bursts into tears right in the middle of the bar in front of all of us and it was like uh imagine freaking five dudes just standing there and a fucking waitress just distraught with herself and i just i saw it and i felt like i felt like i improperly poked a hole in this balloon that was already stretched to its capacity and i just popped and her emotions just spilled out all over the floor and it was weird so what had happened what had happened that had caused this Sunday night waitress during the Broncos Cleveland game or whatever to just spill eye spill you know eye water everywhere. Well, it turns out that the guy she was seeing ha- she found out that day that he was cheating on her. And then she went to and after dis- d- discovering that debacle, she goes to work and her ex-boyfriend is there with her girlfriend. So that's like kicking somebody in the face and then basically peeing on them right afterwards. So she had that going on all at once. And then little positive sarcasm shows up with his little pin and just pops that balloon and poof, the truth just spills out all over the floor. And I actually, I did feel really bad but you don't, I mean, it's not like I'm apologizing. It's just like she seemed upset and I asked the question and then, <laughs> and that was it. So I, 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 my condolences to the, to the waitress on the death of her latest relationship, but there's no doubt in my mind that she had either be, been, you know, as far as drinks go, she's been, even though her manager was there, she was definitely slipping a few past the goalie. So, but you know what? I've, I would give her a pass because she was, yeah, she had a bad day. So that was that. And after that happened, um, things got kind of weird because one of some girl across the other side of the bar started yelling at somebody in quote, our crew, even though it wasn't really my crew. I was just kind of the guy who dropped off this guy who knew all of these guys. And I was just there for my one drink and be on my way and i had my one drink and then this girl randomly starts yelling at this one guy and that was it after that i i got down to the ice and i put my drink down i said that's it for me and got in my car and blew out of there got home prepped my food and thought the night i thought that it was a little weird but the end of the day when i thought about it before my eyes closed i went you know what my gas tank is full, so I made 50 bucks today. So all in all, I had plenty of candy. So all the kids got fed. Uh, I made all that money back in gas money. So great. You know what? The day wasn't a loss. I put smiles on kids' faces, which is not usually my goal during the day. Or actually, it's never my goal. And my car's got premium tests in it. So... I guess that's the that's the way you want to look at life. And you know what's funny is when I think about it that way in, in sort of a positive light, 
which I guess you can because the day wasn't shitty. You know, a lot of I did a lot of work that day. A lot of stuff got accomplished, and uh, I'm looking forward to once I finish this project, I can put it into the next stage, and uh, hopefully make a video out of it. But the beginning of this year was I got punched. Uh, have you ever seen that movie Rocky Balboa? He talks about how no, nothing hits harder than life, and you know how hard you can it's how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward, and then. Can you punch back? Nothing hits harder than life, but can you punch back? And this year started out with uh, my car getting totaled and the fucking asshole who totaled it taking off and running, you know, taking off without me noticing it. So I had to flip the check for that. And then uh, financially getting punched again at the end of the year. But I was able to punch back in the beginning of the year and punch back at the end of the year. And I find that as I've, I've made things easier by my for myself by just focusing really strictly on the site and the content not just putting out content in general last year it was all about churning out content just keep churning out content no matter what week to week to week focus on the podcast get the podcast out every week once i got that going and then getting uh, an episode a day uh, an episode a week out and then the uh the drone stuff and then getting work for uh, the website, getting all this stuff done, just keep churning out content. This year I got to focus way out more on the quality of my content, making sure the quality of the podcast was better, getting the live stream going uh, and then getting paid more paid gigs to make sure that it supports the website and putting myself in what do they call it? The black. Yeah. The black. So that when shit did happen, I would be able to afford it and it wouldn't be a big deal to me. So that's allowed me to have a better mindset as we start to close out the end of 2019. It's a thought of this is the year I finally got to punch back and hit real hard. So when life was hitting me, I was able to take it and return fire. And then next year, I'm going to potentially go for a knockdown blow as far as being able to clean up messes of the past. So I, I think that's that's something to look forward to. It's going to be, I think it, I look forward to having a good winter and then focusing on a really, really good spring. And if I am really adamant and clean during the wintertime as far as my focus, I think that I can produce some really good and unique content for my site that people can enjoy not just return not just return viewers and return listeners but um new people that maybe have or you know people who haven't been to the site for a while to see my youtube stuff or people who haven't discovered it at all because i want to go back to doing more concepts more real new shit and as you look at some of my older stuff there's a lot of cinematography mistakes i see a lot of cinematography out there on youtube of stuff that doesn't go with, doesn't match to the transition of the music or there's more excitement or more thrill that they could be adding to the 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 video in general and i'm not seeing it and i know that if i was behind the camera i can do that i know i can do it I, and I always wonder why they're not. And maybe I should take a stab at doing what some of these other people are doing because I think that I can do it better. You know, sometimes I look at some of the content I'm making and I go, maybe I've reached the peak of my intelligence when it comes to this, some of this content. And then I see a new idea and I go, hmm, can I make that? Like there's one project that I, I don't know if I'll ever get to make, 
but I know there's one that I'm slowly adding ideas to it. And if I just get this one project out of the way that I am working on, I can make way and make time for the next one. Because if I'm doing most of it myself, then it does take longer. But I know that I can do it. I just have to piece everything together. And then some of the stunts, which are a little more daring and maybe stuff you haven't seen before, that I have to really focus on cinematography-wise getting right and setting it all up myself. If I can do that, then great. Then I'll be putting out some really new, not edgy, well, maybe slightly edgy, but good stuff. And then once I clear that stuff out of my head, then new stuff can be born that I can work on, new concepts. Because when it's, I can't just work on, I like like last week, I was working on two projects at once and it just, it was a freaking mess. But for the most part, if I can get this next project done, which is currently finishing up in stage two or three of it, then I can start, hopefully, uh, recording it this weekend. So that's what I've been focusing on for the past several weeks, ever since I got back from San Francisco. I mean, literally have gone under and... I didn't want to follow up with a with a sh- with a shitty video. I didn't want to follow up with a throwaway. I wanted to follow up with something different, because I think that San Francisco was some of my best, some of my cleanest work. So I wanted to follow up with something cool and something original, so or something that a community that normally I don't uh, uh, jump into can check out my work and go, hmm, okay. So that's what I've been, that's, that's the, the, the raw thoughts. I know there's a lot of raw thoughts that I start off the podcast with in my head. So I want to, I, I, I want to get those out of my head so I can focus on some of these other things that I've been looking at this week. So, uh, and, and next year I want to invest in some new gear as well. And next year is going to be, I'm going to be spending a, a lot of cash again, but it's going to be, it's going to be towards stuff that I want. Okay. Not making up for past mistakes, but shit that I want to do. Okay. And then if obviously if I, if it's stuff that I want to do, you guys as viewers and listeners get to reap the benefits. And also if I invest more stuff into the podcast, I can get better live streaming stuff. You know, you know, I can, I can, you know, invest on it with better cameras and better audio. Although I have to admit the actual podcast in itself, the audio setup is quite good. I mean, the only thing I would add to it is maybe an additional mixer so I can throw in a third microphone. But I think the only thing I would want to do at this point, because I already have a second microphone, is have more guests. But that's it. That's pretty much my thoughts on that. So, uh, anyways, so we talked about uh, the we talked about the beginning of 2019, the close of 2019. And we talked about trick or treating, the waitress crying, uh, Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself, and the aftermath with the drunk waitress. <laughs> so weird and let's see the d uh tech wise i just want to give up if you guys are looking for um holiday stuff this year and you know any drone fanatics i recommend that i know i know drones are good drones are expensive but the new i just wanted to put out that just a quick tech thing that dji has come out with a new drone it's called the mavic mini and this is the thing though you're getting high resolution uh high fly times you're getting everything that you'd want in a drone, but you're getting it for 400 bucks. Okay. And that's almost unheard of uh, right now. You can get a spark for around 400 bucks, but a spark is half of what the Mavic mini is. And the Mavic mini is also 249 grams. The FAA guidelines uh, 
anything over 250 grams, you have to register with the federal government. But because the DJI Mini was purposely built at 249 grams, you don't have to register with the federal government. Granted, it's only five bucks, but it's one thing, one less thing you have to do. You can if you want, but if you're a hobbyist, you don't have to do it. You get 30 minutes of flight time. You get 2.7K which uh, uh, resolution, which is the same that you get on a DJI standard, a, a Phantom 3 standard, which was built back in 2014. But you get high quality 1080p plus uh, times two. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to... Do I really want to talk about the electric Mustang? Maybe if there's some time left at the end of the show. And uh, Let's see. Millionaires... Okay. So as you notice that when I was in New York for week 100, there was a lot of new buildings going up. And there was one building that is actually nearing completion. And I'm so, I don't know what to think about this building. Because it's not a, it's not a commercial building that's going up. It's, it's not anything like that. It's a residential building. But it's not like your typical residential building. This thing is each floor is a residence one residence okay one residence per floor and it's like 94 floors and most of these root uh, most of these residences are like over 4,000 square feet so you're talking about three bedrooms per floor 4,000 square feet which is basically what that's two houses two almost three houses because your average house is around what two thousand eight between 1,600 and 2,200 square feet. So that's like almost, that's way over double your average size house. And these houses, this each uh, floor is between 16 and $60 million. And this isn't right in, this is right in, in Midtown Manhattan. And I've just, I was curious, I was looking at the, the layout of it and I just don't know if, if this is something that should be going on in... Like, New York has a problem with people leaving in droves right now. And it's getting more expensive to live in these cities for uh, for a lot of different reasons. Brooklyn's becoming more expensive. But I'm just looking at the overall uh, layout of this freaking building. And it's, 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 it's like a skinny scraper. 24 times taller than it is wide. It's a lug and it's it is it's just a luxury condo and its skyline includes you basically it's it's just a few blocks down from the Chrysler building but I saw it when it was being when it was still being worked on the thing is damn near completion now but it's tw- it's I mean it's average 30 million dollars 30 million dollars and and you don't even get a fucking porch you don't get a porch you don't get a backyard you literally are just paying for a view you're paying for a view and I can't imagine what parking fees cost to park there, okay? I remember back in 2008, to have a car, to have a parking space in San Francisco was $250 a month, something crazy like that. I don't know how that's, I can't fathom that. That was back in 2008 to park in San Francisco, 250 bucks a month just to park in the city, a city permit, I guess. I don't know what it's like to be able to park a car in Midtown Manhattan, especially with this address that it has. Okay, I mean, and it's it's apparently this place, this Fifty Seventh Street, is becoming something. It's quote billionaires row. That's insane. That's insanity. I just can't. I, I 
is have we gone too have we gone too far? Great, yeah, I get it. It's a free market. They can do what they want. If they can build it and they're willing to, and people are willing to pay to live there, that's fine. But is it is it a architectural achievement? I would say so. For the fact that it's so skinny and yet so tall. I mean, it's 94, 94 floors. So it's almost as tall as the Empire State Building. And it's even skinnier. So, but I just, I can't fathom the fact that this this is going up when people are leaving in droves. The place is becoming only more expensive and yet people are coming in and they're purchasing it. It's just, I don't know. It's It's hard for me to fathom I know that in California they're having a housing crisis and literally spending two minutes in the wrong parking spot in New York City can get your place towed or get your car towed or ticketed. It's just an odd, it's an odd situation where, ah, fuck it, let's just put this in there and forget about what everybody else is doing. Forget about other people's problems and the fact that this city has people leaving and there's already way too many restrictions. So let's just build a 100, basically almost a 100-story building for only... I guess 90 to 95 owners. So I I don't I don't know if I see this as a long-term solution. I see this as like a short-term financial solution. Cuz I don't know what's going to happen in like 10 15 years. Is there going to be a market crash? Like I remember back in when in uh before this before the housing crisis, the housing market issue uh, when the housing market crashed back in 2008 2009. Florida on the West Coast was building up like mad. $100,000 homes, $90,000 homes, communities, home communities, golf courses, everywhere, just going up like mad. And these houses were cheap, $110,000. Huge houses too. And then the market crashed and all these houses just sat there. All these housing communities just vacant. Golf courses with nobody on them. If the market crashes and it affects New York City... How is this going to affect this 94-story uh, condo complex where it costs an average of 20 to $30 million per floor to live on? So it's just, it was just something on my mind. I, I thought I'd share it with you guys. I don't know. Sometimes I... I don't know. It's just, it's just weird. It's just weird. If, if you guys have thoughts on it, or let me know. Email me at positivesarcasm.com. But I just found... That's, it's just... That's excess. Granted, I get it if you are, if there's a lot of, if you're doing, if you make a lot of money and you're always in New York City and you can afford it, okay, fine. I just, I don't know. Somebody would have to explain it to me. It's above my mental, my mental capacity to comprehend why we would need a building like this, this, this real estate. And I, I but I still wanted to share it. I don't know if I'm necessarily complaining, necessarily complaining about it. But the fact that this thing exists, it just makes me question if we're doing the right thing. Or maybe not the right, maybe not. that's not the way to put it. Maybe if we are, or maybe we have the right thing. Or maybe we could have done something better with the space. Or if there's other things that we can be doing in a city like that to better it. Because I know that, that we're not. It's definitely, for all of my love of New York City, I found it very challenging the last time I was there to be able to just not navigate it, but... Just being it in general, I, I I had a lot of I, I had a lot of challenges being there, and I know that people who are trying to make it in that city who don't have anything, they're having challenges as well, and a lot of people are just calling, and that's what New York City is. New York City was always about that. It was about it would you would come in, it would chew you up, and most of the times it would spit you out, and you had to give up. You had to spend every waking moment there, just trying to make it. 
but a lot of people are starting to pull the ripcord early. And I don't know if it was necessarily always financial, but now nowadays it's definitely more financial when it comes to New York City. Just trying to pay the buck every time you're there. So, you know, I wish them all the best if it works out. But if that housing market crashes and that building is affected by it, that's a that's a huge project. That uh, that's a huge waste of time. So. Yeah, I'm going to kind of steer off of that, but I just I wanted to touch on that. So you can go check it out. It's on uh the article was by Business Insider and it's about the it's about the world's skinniest skyscraper, but I just wanted to, you know, throw it to you guys. Just thought, you know, the fuck, try it out. Anyways, um okay. Where are we at? 34 minutes? I don't know how I make it. Sometimes I don't even know how I make it this far. I did want to get to some Q&A. I got some weird ones on this week. So, let's grab the laptop. And, oh, by the way, the Cafe Bustello, that's the coffee I'm drinking this week. The Bustello is back. I mixed it with a little bit of Maple Crunch and some of that leftover La Colombe, which I don't think I'm the biggest fan of. I don't know if that, I, I really wasn't the biggest fan of that coffee. I thought it was pretty good in the beginning, but then once I had some of that Laird Hamilton coffee, the Peruvian dark roast, I was like, eh. I just, I don't know. At the end of the day, it didn't have as much flavor as I wanted it to. So I'll downgrade to three stars. Ultimately, if it's a really if it's a, if it's a twelve dollar coffee and it's okay, you know, or kind of disappointing, eh, it's like all right, whatevs. But I did I did get a chance now that I have Cafe Bustello and I got another one behind it coming up for next week's podcast. So I've been adding to the uh, wall of coffee. So I got the WRC, I've got the La Colombe, I've got the Maple Crunch, the Peruvian Organic by Laird Superfood, and of course the Cafe Bustello. All the wrappers are going up in a. And in a piece of art that's going to be going up on my page, uh, up on my on my walls for the studio. So I'll have coffee, uh, in fra- framed all over the the apartment, uh, all over the studio. Excuse me. So I don't know. I mean, hey, it's it's cheap art, but it looks cool to me. It's something different. So I want to get to some. We got to get to some dig Q and A because there's some weird Q and A this week. Uh, man, I drank so much coffee before I got in here. Now I gotta gotta use the restroom, but we're not gonna. So let's just jump into some dig Q&A. We'll close it up with some good Q&As. I do have some articles that maybe I want to get into afterwards, but if this goes strong, we'll see what happens. All right. So this is on dig Q&A. This is the first one. Uh, question. Should I press charges against the person who assaulted me at a preschool concert? All right. At my preschooler's concert, another parent asked me to hold a seat for her near the front. I draped a sweater over two seats. Shortly after, another family arrived, and the grandfather of another child removed the sweater, claiming the seats were f- claiming the seats for members. Okay, claiming the seats for members of his family who were also absent. Three times, I tried to explain that I was holding a seat for a parent with a disability who was having a hard time getting to the auditorium. Each time I was rudely interrupted. The man grabbed me by the shoulder, threatened me, and even invited me to settle things outside. He later photographed my wife and children. Not wanting to be that parent who gets into a fight over a seat at the children's event, I backed down. Afterwards, though, I did file a report with the police. Now I am deciding whether to press charges. I don't want to overreact, but I have heard from other parents that this man has a tendency to bully. I have always been bothered by stories about violence at kids' events and feel this man crossed a line. Should I? Okay, should you press charges? Well, that's a good question. It depends on what your, uh, how, what's, your, what's your tolerance for mercy. Like, you could just say, fuck this guy and all that stuff, but 
And the question is how often you, well, first of all, yes, you should speak to the police. Number two, the police should visit him. Okay. Cause if you didn't fuck him up there, he definitely needs to have, uh, the threat of handcuffs put down on him because if he did threaten you and take pictures of your wife and children, that's an invasion of privacy. So he could be, he could absolutely be charged. Now, if the, if the police haven't visited him before they need to visit him. And if you want to let off the gas, you're more than welcome to. And I wouldn't look down upon you if you decided to press charges. Uh, if you just want to say fuck this guy and he has a tendency to be a poor influence and that's one of the ways he likes to influence people by pushing them around, then yeah, and by all means, absolutely just, first of all, the environment, that's an absolute no, okay? What you did, you held something, you held seats for somebody who you said, it's if you are saying the truth, it's a di- uh, someone with a disability having a hard time getting to the auditorium, then yes, I give you a pass and you know what? It's a freaking kid's you know, show. It's one of those little pageants and shit. So who cares? Preschool concert. So don't make a big fuss out of it. Go sit in the back or wherever. So I have no problem with you trying to explain the situation. And first of all, he was interrupting you, so he didn't care. Plus, he removed your sweater, which means he doesn't have boundaries. When you take, like, if, for example, if I am working on a, uh, if I'm working, you know, at a, if I'm out of if I'm working out at a gym, and I get up to, and I have all my stuff right next to this one bench that I'm working on, and then somebody comes over and uh, sits on the bench and then moves my stuff out of the way. Okay, first of all, that's at a gym, which means that there's more testosterone getting pushed around. There's more blood flowing, which means there's more propensity for violence. Okay, so now that's also that dude's in the wrong for doing that. He can ask, "Is this is this bench taken?" And if that bench taken and you're not supersetting, then he needs to move to another bench. Same policy goes here for the dude who just takes your sweater. You don't touch another dude's sweater. You don't do that. You need to freaking step off. You need to ask. Ask before entering. He obviously doesn't have those boundary issues. So he needs to be visited by the police. And if you do decide to press charges in the situation, then yeah, fuck that guy. He got what he deserved. So those are my thoughts on that one. Uh, let's see who they are. Okay, this one's kind of funny. This is also about kind of in, uh, boundaries as well. This is another dig uh, Q&A. What do we have, 40 minutes? How should I tell my mother-in-law I don't want the chairs she put in my house without permission? How, yeah. Returning home from a trip during which in my in-laws stayed with our kids, I discovered my mother-in-law had replaced our kitchen chairs with a set she bought at a neighbor's garage sale. Okay, so you bought something in a neighbor's... You understand, when you take used furniture and you put it in a house, you understand that that there could be uh, mites or... Uh, what is that shit? There could be bed bugs or other things in, the, in, those furni- in that furniture. And now you're putting it in somebody's house. And that means the whole house could be compromised. And apparently that happens with wood as well, not just with like mattresses and couches and shit. So... By doing that, she could have compromised your house. That's number one. Uh, so anyway, she discovered he discovered that my mother-in-law had replaced our kitchen chairs with a set she bought at a neighbor's garage sale. Okay, that makes no sense. Who does that? Question mark. When I saw them, I said, I have chairs. She ignored me and asked my husband what he thought. Okay, so the, uh, we're talking, a woman is stating this. She ignored me and asked my husband what he thought. He didn't want a falling out, so he said he didn't care. 
He thinks I don't like them because they came from his mother. Not true. I'm appalled. Oh, I hate that word. I'm appalled that someone would change my furniture without permission. By the way, I hate the chairs. What should I do when she comes over and sees that mine are back? Okay. Well, you didn't want them. She should have asked. And unless your old chairs were shitty, still, uh, that's not her place. Okay. She crossed the line when she, number one, she bought compromise. She bought used chairs. Number two, she pl- replaced yours without permission. Uh, and she went above your head. That's your house. That's your, that's your, imagine I'm, I'm going to, I come home one day or you come home one day. You have your room in a certain way. Your bed's made a certain way. As long as everything's made and everything's organized, but then like a loved one or a significant other comes in and just starts moving shit around without your permission. That's not how things work. That's an invade. That's also an invasion uh, of your home. That's your, that's your home where you go in and feel the most comfortable and somebody's coming in and moving shit around. And it's a mother-in-law, so the stereotype of being a pain in the ass is already there. So she's 100% in the wrong. And yeah, you should say, listen, that's my, this is my home. These are my chairs. And you can go fuck yourself. And the husband needs to grow a fucking pair if you haven't chopped them off because it seems like you have a bit of a controlling personality. So you need to ha- tell your husband, listen, uh, let you off the reins so you can be a man and take care of this shit. So absolutely, yeah, put your chairs back and state that's how it's going to be. And if she doesn't like it, she can kick rocks. That's pretty, that's as, that's about as simple as I can put it. Uh, yeah, so that's, that's, those are my thoughts on that one. Now, there was one here about having a wedding at 5.30 a.m. First of all, who the fuck has a wedding at 5.30 a.m.? Can you? Yes. You can have a wedding wherever you want. You can get, well, not a wedding. You can get married wherever you want. But this one is about whether or not, having a wedding, an actual wedding at 5.30 a.m. I mean, could I do it? Like, actually attend one? Yeah, I guess so. But, so this is the thing. Are we jerks for wanting to have our wedding at 5.30 a.m.? Every year on our anniversary, my fiancé and I wake up early to go to the beach and watch the sunrise together. Aww. It's very special tradition, apparently. As we both over... as. We have both overcome a number of personal challenges during our time together, and the symbolism... Yeah, we get it. It's sentimental. Shut the fuck up and get to the point. We decided we wanted to incorporate this into our wedding. Our plan is to have our ceremony on the beach and have everyone walk over to a beachfront restaurant for breakfast, Bloody Marys, and mimosas. Our friends and family are mostly local and should be able to travel to the beach in under an hour, except for some extended family flying in from Canada, but that's unavoidable. Based on our geographic location and the date of the wedding next summer, we should we schedule the ceremony start time for 5.30 a.m. when there should be plenty of light, but the sun itself won't be quite visible yet. We've been getting a lot of backlash from our families about this, who say this is way too early and we need to move the ceremony to a more normal time of day. But my fiancé and I feel like we're asking for anything that's unreasonable. Um... You can have a wedding anytime you want. If you can get a justice of the peace to be there at 5.30 a.m. to help you guys tie the knot, that's great. But if they decide they don't want to go because it's too damn early, then you know what? You can just just have the, just have do your ceremony and then have the reception afterwards. Have a, Like you said right here, uh, beachfront restaurant with breakfast, Bloody Marys, and some mimosas. So have the reception in the morning. Have a morning reception and just do the ceremony afterwards. Okay? you But 5.30 in the morning... I mean, like I said, this is me. I I can be there if I, I need to be. But you also have photographers, videographers, 
and then other people that need to be there in order to make this wedding happen, and you're expecting people to attend. Uh, granted, it is your wedding. I get it. It's totally your wedding, but at the same time, don't if these people don't want to go, then you can't blame them for that. 5.30 in the morning is definitely way too early, and weddings generally never go off on time, and also the fact that most weddings do go off at like, what, between 12, 1, 2, 3, 4 o'clock? Now, I'm just as a suggestion, if you guys always get married in the morning when, oh, actually, it doesn't work like that. Hmm. I was going to say you could do sundown. You could do sunset, but yeah, I guess you could. If you could see the sunset, if you have a sunrise, if you if you guys have a sunrise tradition, you can have a sunset wedding. I don't know. I don't know. Just a thought. Uh, but as far as showing up at 530 to do a, to have a wedding I'm AM no you can't you can't do that that just isn't isn't going to work uh okay next Q&A how can I tell a this one's weird how can I tell a potential partner I don't want to kiss them on the mouth ever I'm a straight male ever since I was a child I have thought that the act of open mouth kissing was gross and disgusting another person's saliva in your mouth barf I would be perfectly happy to kiss practically any part of a partner's body except the mouth and the anus. Anyways, <laughs> now that I am of age, now I'm of age such at the most people would like to kiss someone, I am finding it difficult to go beyond hand-holding. How do I communicate this to a partner? I don't want it to seem like I'm judging her oral hygiene, and I know that lots of women find kissing to be an essential part of their physical intimacy. I am afraid that I would, go, would be rejected if I reveal my freakish normalcy. For the most part, yeah, you would be. You would definitely be cutting out a huge segment of the population if you're like, no, I don't kiss people on the mouth. All right. If you don't, I mean, yeah, you're cutting out a huge segment of potential by that. My my advice to you is go see a, a therapist. Go start digging in, in, in the roots of your head because there's something else, another thing there. Okay. Because uh, if you're not able to at least follow a lot of the normal uh, routines uh, or guidelines of uh, an intimate relationship, such as kissing on the mouth, then you're cutting out a huge segment of the population. I mean, there are fetishes and kinks and stuff like that that to each his own, it's your own business. But as far as this, this is basic bitch material, dude. This is stuff you should have mastered in grade one. And you can't you can't get past this. You got an actual problem and you need to address it. And then you need to go out there and test it. You're behind you're behind schedule, bro. You're behind schedule. Okay? And you could take take a whole year off. Take a whole year off. I have. Take a whole year off. Go see a therapist. Work through this problem. Okay? Because it may not be your problem with them. It's definitely a problem with you. This is your issue. So you need to work through it with a therapist and see if... Because you definitely rip, you're tearing up a whole segment of the population that you could be dating. Okay? How the fuck? If you're ever going to get married, you're, gonna, you're not going to kiss them on the mouth? You're not going to do the kiss the bride thing? It, it doesn't... You're, 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 I mean, as far as like, I, I know I'm a fucking robot when it comes to emotions, but listen, when it, you're, this is, this is part of the, of, of, of emo, the emotional connectivity with a partner. Okay. And you are depriving them of that and you can't do that. You are, when you do that, if you're depriving somebody of an, uh, your, if you're depriving your partner of an emotional connection, they're going to go get it somewhere else. 
And when you start to tug on that sweater string, you're going to end up losing that person uh, quicker than you thought once it begins to unravel. And it could all start with your little problem. Okay. So, yeah. So, we well, we already covered that one. Show up early for parties. Let's see. RSVP. That's weird. Don't people know how hurtful it is not to RSVP for a six-year-old's birthday party? Please remind your readers how important it is to RSVP. My six-year-old granddaughter was so excited about her birthday party and having friends come over. My daughter sent invitations with instructions to RSVP. My granddaughter's best friend's mom said she would come but would need to leave early. Fine. Then 30 minutes before the party, she texted my daughter saying they wouldn't be coming. My granddaughter cried. Four of the friend's parents didn't even bother to RSVP and didn't come either. Don't these people know how hurtful this is to the little ones? Two friends come to a party, but a day that was supposed to be happy was a day full of tears. Um, okay, I, I'm not sure. RSVPing for a party. Okay, so saying that you're coming or you're not coming. Well, if they're not going to RSVP, okay, I get it. If you can't make it, then don't then say you can't make it. If you're go if you're down for a maybe, say maybe. Then the, then you RSVP with a maybe. If you're coming, yeah, you let them know. Uh, for the most part, yeah, the, you have to man like it says like it says here managing expectations. I don't know. The granddaughter was upset. Yes, clearly she thought people were coming. But if we're if there were other people there, then it doesn't matter. There could be like one or two kids there, and a freaking gr the 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 six year old's gonna have a blast anyways. They don't give a shit. They'll get over it. That's not traumatic. I wouldn't consider that completely traumatic. It's really no big deal. So that's that one doesn't that one actually doesn't bother me really all that much. The kid needs to fucking get over it. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much all I have to say about that. I do have on one other one or two other Q&A's before we close up today. I just want to get, you know, get these out of the way because they, there's some really good questions here. And I didn't want to lose them before, you know, I wrapped it up today because some of these things, they get old. And yeah, so. That one, nope, just like horror, assaults me in a preschool. We already talked about that one. All right. Let's see. Oh, yeah, this one right here. This is a good one to end on. Can I persuade my husband to let me drive when we're going somewhere together? My husband won't allow me to drive the car when he's in it. My husband won't allow me to drive the car when he's in it. I used to accept this, but for the past four months, I challenged it. Now that we have a son, I don't want him growing up thinking daddy is in charge. When I first raised this, I casually said I'd drive us home from the day out and, he, I, and didn't think it'd be a big deal. But it was. He threw the keys at me and had a face like thunder. Another time I was going into town and he wanted to come too, but expected me to get out of the driving seat I was already in. I refused. He was mad and stayed at home. This made me realize it wasn't acceptable. For ages, I've avoided situations when we might travel together, but when we do, he blows up. I do think about complying and going back to the being the passive passenger, but I don't think I can. He must have some sort of anxiety about being driven by a woman, but he won't engage with me about it. I've discussed it with friends and family, and they agree it's ridiculous and I should challenge it, but it ended up ripping us apart. Okay, this is a big deal. This is a big deal because obviously daddy's got some problems. And you know what? There's actually something cool about if you got like a nice car, being a passenger in it. I mean, granted, if I is anybody going to drive my Mustang? Probably not. Okay. That's that's my fucking car. Nobody drives that but me. Okay. 
But unless you're a really shitty driver, sweetheart, I think your husband's got some serious problems. And as far as the whole son thing, daddy's in charge. Yeah, but you know what? Mom's got to be shown to be responsible too. And if your mom and if mom can drive, let her drive. He's got some real authoritarian issues, and he needs to chill out. Um, this is—I don't know if this is an old world thing or if your husband is a sociopath. But it seems to me like this is something that needs to be needs to seriously be discussed about. If it ends up ripping you guys apart, well, how how important is this to you? I think it's an important issue in general. Okay, I do think it's an important issue in general because just being driven, you're all right. Let me back up. He wants to be in control twenty four seven. Maybe not just when it comes to this issue, but all issues in general in the relationship, outside of the relationship, uh, his work, his home life, the raising of the kid, the cooking of the food, the orderly of the orderliness of the house, the car. It's it seems like this. There's way more. He is a control freak, or there's some sociopathy associated with this person, and you're obviously just like I don't want to disturb the. I don't want to disturb the waves of the house. Everything's nice and quiet. But the more recessive you get, the more aggressive he's going to become. And by you challenging it, yeah, it's like how dare you challenge me, the man of the house. It's like shut the fuck up. You could be the man of the house by being in the passenger seat. All right. And if she crashes the car, guess what? Number one, you got insurance. You probably have gap insurance too. And fine, she learned her fucking lesson. Become a better driver, okay? But you need to let her drive. She's never driving? What if something happens to you and she's got to drive you to the hospital? Because obviously you're an idiot. I mean, what else do you not listen to when it comes... When you're, if you're refusing to let her drive, what else do you refuse? Do you refuse to listen to people about your diet? Do you refuse to listen, other, listen to other people about your critique at your job or your business or other facets of life? Do you just refuse everything in general? Are you that controlling of everything around you? It doesn't work like that. It does not work like... Life does not work like that. I am a control freak when it comes to a lot of things, okay? I am in control of my business. I am in control of... Yeah. My business, for the most part, is my life. But it's ri- this is this is no big deal. Daddy needs to pardon pardon the pun, take a back seat on this one. He needs to show his his son that it's okay for women to do stuff. And okay, is it okay? Yeah, for women to yeah, that's one way of looking at it. Or two, that sometimes you just need to let life lead you to where you want to go because you can't be in control at all times all right you can you can adjust the sails but the wind's going to take you for the most part where you know you know that old saying like you you don't control the wind but you can adjust the sails so dad's showing here that you could you have to be in control of everything at all times when in truth you can't you just can't so by being if dad shows that he is a passenger all dad needs to do is like uh you drive. I'm going to chill in the back. Or dad sits in the back seat and lets wifey drive and son be in the pastor seat and just do what else. But this whole idea of throwing a fucking fit and staying home and, and deciding to stay home, it, it, it's, it's not acceptable behavior in all parts. Uh, if, this was a, if this was a woman throwing this fit, same issue, 100% wrong. Dad's doing it, Hundred percent wrong. You can't be. It's it's a it's a saying. It's a, it as life. You're never in 
control 100%. There are always variables that are going in and out of your situation. And sometimes you need other people to do things for you. Sometimes I, I ha- sometimes I have to make a phone call and I need somebody to do something for me or drop something off for me or, or, or drop me, pick me up somewhere. Sometimes, sometimes I, sometimes I need that help. Sometimes I do need that help and I do make phone calls when I know it's important. I personally, the reason I don't constantly ask for help is because I don't like to bother people with my problems or issues or challenges. I don't, I just don't like to do it. But this is, this is, but as far as like, for the most part, yeah, I like to be like, I'm a responsible person. I can take care of this myself. I don't need to rely on you. Cooking, cleaning, driving, uh, uh, Editing content, all that stuff. I'll handle it myself. Now, if I was in a relationship, I'd be like, listen, you don't need to do any of this stuff. If you want to help out here and there and stuff like that, that's great. Uh, but just uh I appreciate your company. And just, you know, sit here and, and for the most part, if you wanna that yeah, there's there's ways about that. Okay. But it's not a control thing. It's just like I I'm ha- I'm in the flow here, let me do it. But this is one way of saying, look, I don't have to be in control all the time, and nor should I. Because you're not experiencing life. There is, there is a, sometimes it's cool sitting in the passenger seat of your own car or somebody else's car, and you can kind of see the sights. Like if I'm sitting in the passenger seat, I have my cameras going or maybe I'm getting some work done on my phone or something like that. Or I'm actually just sitting there and having a conversation with a person I appreciate spending time with while they're driving. Because they're driving, I'm sitting there thinking about what I'm going to say or the things that I'm seeing, or whatever, or I get to control the radio, you know, or, or whatever. But it's good to relinquish control in these situations, and especially if you have a kid, you don't want to be putting you want to be putting this type of influence, this type of mark on them, especially when they're growing up. You can't be doing that, and I I think it's important that he be challenged by multiple parties about this. And if it does end up ripping your relationship apart, then I my advice to you, sweetie, is get in the fucking gym uh, and get after it because you're probably going to be divorced and you're going to be looking for uh, the new guy in town. And you need to, uh, well, get ready for that possibility that this guy is really just an absolute fucking sociopath and uh, or a narcissist or some other big word. Um, and he's got to go or something to that effect. You know, my dad was a, a, a control freak in a, in a lot of ways, but this is diff- this is kind of different in a, in a lot of ways. You know, my dad was no dads are perfect, but this is something that should be addressed. This is absolutely something that should be addressed, and I think you are. It's it's good that you're asking the question. I don't know if it's anything female related. If it is, okay. But for the most part, yeah, I think that this should be absolutely be addressed and brought up. And you should adamantly seek out um, some help in the situation. So, uh, great question. And uh, I'm glad we got I got to share it on the podcast. But this, time, this episode got kind of serious. But for the most part, yeah, sometimes it is that way. But it's been a long week and I haven't been sleeping well. And I got to figure out what the hell's going on with me. But I managed to get through another hour of this week's episode and um i guess we'll close it out and maybe next week when we, like i said after we do uh, week 100 i will actually strongly consider doing um also extra weekly uh leftovers of articles i hadn't didn't get didn't get a chance to go through so 
once again, streaming live from the Spare Parts Studios. You can find me on uh, Twitch.tv slash Positive Sarcasm 1 and Facebook.com slash Positive Sarcasm for Facebook.com slash POS Sarcasm for the uh, weekly live streams. For uh, subscribing to this uh, podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Podcast Addict, uh, tune in, iHeartRadio, anywhere you can basically find podcasts. And then, of course, to support the podcast, you can go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Uh, any amount is appreciated. Uh, if you want to be a guest or you want to sip coffee at the podcast, you just uh, hit me up directly, go to my website and contact me there. Or if you know me personally, well, you know how to find me. But, uh, yeah, it's getting cold out there. I'm going to close up shop for this week. And uh, I guess that's it. Keep it pretty simple this week. I love the questions, and uh, I hope, that more come down the pike but uh, until next week uh streaming live from the spare part studios i want to thank you all for listening watching and subscribing and i will talk to you soon until then this has been a positive sarcasm presentation To support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Once again, positivesarcasm.com slash donate.